It's NOLA History Guy podcast for June 14th, 2023. Talking about, talking about New Orleans. We're talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about, talking Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, it's been a minute, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, we're back, and I'd like to present to you today this uh, a recording of a talk I gave last month uh, over at, on May 20th over at the Algiers Historical Society at the uh, Algiers Library. Uh, they graciously had me back. Occasionally, they've, they've done that, and uh, you know, we all had our struggles with the pandemic and everything, but they're back in business as well. So I went over, well, they asked me to come over and I did a talk on street railways in Algiers and Gretna, uh, West Bank streetcars, basically. Uh, I've been over there. We've talked about Canal Street and the streetcars on the East Bank, but it's always fun to do something in the neighborhood of the group and that kind of thing. So this was fun. I, you know, did a bit of research and we had a good time with this. So um, there's not going to be a break. This is a long thing. It was like an hour. Uh, when I did it, it was an hour talk or actually it was longer than that because of questions and everything. But um, we're not going to take a break uh, for this. Uh, it's just going to go straight through. Now, the way I did this was to take the, the presentation that I gave to the Algiers Historical Society, and I did it again here in my office uh, on Zoom. So you're going to see a YouTube uh, version of this as well. I'm going to put this up in a couple of different ways. We're going to have the audio because Zoom drops a video file when you're done and it drops an audio file. So you'll be able to listen to the podcast like you've always done. Or you can click on the YouTube version of this, which I uploaded the video uh, to uh, my YouTube channel. Might start doing that more too. We'll see how that goes. And then uh, I've, I'm going to include a PDF of the PowerPoint that I presented. And we're also going to put up some of the images from the presentation on the show page. Because one way or the other, where you're, whether you're watching the Zoom or you're listening here on the pod, you're probably going to want to look at the maps and that kind of thing as we talk about the routes of the streetcars through Old Algiers and you know, through, through the point. So uh, without further ado, here we go. We're going to talk about the street railways of Algiers and Gretna. Okay, and welcome to our talk on street railways of, well, there we go. Welcome to our talk on street railways of Algiers and Gretna. Now, I presented this talk uh, in back in, in May, on May 20th, for the Algiers Historical Society uh, uh, on, uh, over at the Algiers Library. And my, apologi uh, my apologies to all of you that, you know, I said I was going to, Get some pictures up on the website and everything. It's been a crazy couple of weeks with uh, uh, 
don't know if you guys are aware of this, but you know, my day gig uh, for um, uh, my, my what what really makes the money because NOLA history guy is basically a labor of love. My day gig is I do corporate computer training, and we started up we uh, the, a company called Hitachi Ventara uh, started a new class on uh, ransomware recovery and ransomware defense that I'm I'm taking on and uh it's been fun but kind of made me put some of this other stuff aside temporarily but anyway so here we go let's talk about streetcars on the west bank basically because that's where this got started uh of course you know i i wrote the book on the canal streetcar line and i've done talks on um the saint charles line and the canal line over time and the folks at out at the algiers historical society had me in for that stuff uh, because you know, yeah, you know, they're 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 great folks, and they see me all over social media as Nola History guy, and uh, and I I always had people say, hey, you know, we had streetcars over here too. So uh, basically, when Don Costello asked me to come in and uh, and do a talk this year, uh, yeah, we decided let's go for it. Let's let's do streetcars or street railway, as we like to say, on the West Bank. So here we go. Okay, so we're going to talk about streetcars and uh, street railway in Algiers and Gretna. We're going to kind of look and define for the purposes of this talk what across the river means, railroad connections to street rail, because there's always connections. It's always some kind of tie-in as a rule between the two, and there's a there are a few big ones uh, uh, with Algiers and Gretna. We'll talk about early street rail uh, in the 1870s to uh, electrification. Then we'll talk about electrification, which hits in uh, on the West Bank in 1907. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the conversion to buses. Uh, Streetcars ran from 1907 till about 1931 when the lines were converted to bus operation. Let's look at the streetcars themselves. They're not the same streetcars that you're used to seeing and hearing about on the East Bank. That's an important thing to note here that they're 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 different, you know, that and that that's not a bad thing. It is what it is kind of situation, right? Okay, and then uh we'll talk about the the power plants that provide the juice for uh, the streetcars on the West Bank, or provided the juice, I should say. So across the river itself, we're going to be talking about Algiers, which of course is part of Orleans Parish. We're going to talk about Gretna and McDonoughville. McDonoughville's kind of that in-between area between Orleans Parish and the city of Gretna, the municipality of Gretna. So we'll kind of, that. this is our this is the route for or the connectivity for streetcars on the West Bank. So let's talk about Algiers first. It goes back to 1719. I uh, remember all the big deal about the tricentennial of New Orleans in 1718. Algiers wasn't all that far behind just a, a little bit later. Of course, we had to tie the two together. So the first commercial ferry begins operation in 1827, linking the East Bank of New Orleans to Algiers and tying uh, the, the parish together. Railroads come to the West Bank in 1853. 
Uh, the West Bank is kind of an interesting thing because if you're starting on the West Bank and you want to do run trains that go in further into western Louisiana, Texas, and points further west, you're better off starting on the West Bank because then you don't have to cross the river. By 1870, Algiers is, while part of Orleans Parish, it's annexed by New Orleans at that point. Our first streetcars on the West Bank appear in 1881. The Great Fire, uh, gosh, you know, it's just almost like a full century after the Great Fires of uh, 1788 and 1794 on the East Bank. And now we've got a massive fire that creates all kind of havoc in Algiers. And then by 1907, things have calmed down and uh, uh, we are move, we move into the electric period for street railway. McDonoughville is the land between Algiers and Gretna. It's established in 1815. It's not that much of a big deal. Uh, the Orleans Parish side, now remember Algiers... Algiers and McDonoughville kind of had a, a you know kind of a, a bit of a fluid line there, and by 1870, when Algiers is annexed into Orleans Parish, the uh, the McDonoughville side, if you will, the the piece of McDonoughville that was in Orleans Parish goes along with it. Railroads begin to develop, and McDonoughville is a focal point of that development. In particular, the area called Goldsboro, or Jeff Gold, was a robber baron. He was from Philly, okay? He was one of these guys that, you know, like the Rockefellers and other of the robber baron uh, age, uh, expanded out into, you know, as far across the country as he could. One of the things that that Jay Gould's uh properties and his railroad interests, they would build out areas that were the railroad facilities and support stuff and then neighborhoods built up around it. And those would be called Goldsboro in different sections of, of the, the country. The one between Algiers and Gretna didn't have anything to do with him. It was named for him because of his ego and that kind of thing. So by 1893, though, McDonoughville, now remember, the Algiers side, the Orleans Parish side, gets annexed into Algiers and becomes part of the city of New Orleans in 1870. By 1893, the rest of McDonoughville is annexed by the city of Gretna and becomes part of the city of Gretna. So Gretna itself, by the in the 1750s, it's just plantation land. It's kind of that upriver extension of Algiers, if you will. The parish line between Orleans and Jefferson had been drawn, so that was clear and laid out. By 1836, a town develops in what is present-day Gretna, it was originally named Mechanicum. By 1838, two years later, a ferry company builds out a ferry service in Gretna. Now, that first ferry, of course, is 
a connection to uh, Uptown. Uh, it's what basically later evolves into what is the present day Jackson Avenue Ferry. And it was focused around the owners of the St. Uh, the, the Mary Market which was the uptown uh, pub, one of the uptown public markets in Faubourg Saint-Marie or Faubourg St. Mary. Uh, and so the idea was there wasn't a public market set up in Gretna. So let's set up a ferry so people could cross the river, go over to uptown New Orleans, go into Orleans Parish and go to market there. By the 1840s, the ferry combines with railroad development, and we see a, a railroad station and uh, near the ferry landing so that that transportation in general is starting to develop out. And then, of course, Gretna annexes McDonoughville so that everything all the way up to the parish line to where Algiers begins, ends, becomes the city of Gretna. Railroads. In 1853... The railroads come to the West Bank and they come to Algiers first. Uh, the uh, a company called the New Orleans Opelousas and Great Western Railroad opens up facilities and begins construction westward from their terminal, from their station in Algiers. Now the idea here with the uh, with the New Orleans Opelousas and Great Western. Their mission, their goal was to build a railroad that connected New Orleans with points west. In particular here, build a railroad that would connect to western Louisiana into Texas going to Houston. Now, the story of the New Orleans, Opelousas, and Great Western will tell another time. It's a neat, it's a neat story, but the point uh, to it is that this first railroad gets acquired by Morgan's Steamship Company, and Morgan then later sells out his, uh, his railroad interests to the Southern Pacific system. And that's why, that's how, uh, basically that's how Algiers gets the, the original Southern Pacific Railway Yard. All of this begins back in about 1853. Street Railway now. So Street Railway differentiating now from the um from commercial regular uh standard railroad operations streetcars start becoming an idea in 1881 a man named William Bogle creates a company called the Algiers Gretna and Tunisburg Railroad Company he charters it up uh, he sets up the company in Orleans Parish, gets it incorporated, gets the accompanying ordinances from the city council, uh, from city government to get going. Uh, the project stalls. That's a polite way to say pretty much that Bogle ran out of money. So a year later, now he's sitting on all of the paperwork and the approved ordinances and the zoning and everything you needed to get this going, but he was unable to continue, he ran out of money at the end of the financing. So he hooks up with another gentleman named Thomas Pickles, who basically acquires Bogle's company. 
he keeps Bogle as a as an investor, as a, as a partner, a member you know, of the corporation, because ba- Bogle basically has the brains here. He's got the idea. So Pickles and Bogle form the you know, again now the you know the 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 company becomes the Algiers and Gretna Railway Company, and they start building the line. Now this is a section of the Robinson Street Atlas plates from 1883 these are kept uh they're available online of course they're kept by the new orleans notarial archives uh uh office and uh they're really really cool it's 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 good stuff uh here is uh a uh here is a uh zoom in if you will on uh the uh a piece of uh the algiers map and you can see if we look in the top right corner, you'll see there's uh, some penciling in in the water in the river, and that's the indicator that that's the uh, that's the path or that's the 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 that's the 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 route of the Canal Street ferry. So the Canal Street ferry leaves. Obviously, it 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 left Canal Street landed there at the boat dock and that original boat dock is still pretty much that is the current ferry landing built over and modernized and updated over the years now this map shows the first plan or the first construction of the uh the first street railway in algiers as starting by the dry dock at the end of Powder Street. But really, the that was quickly expanded. They said, that's not really going anywhere. So the line ends up over on Boney Street, because you can see what the, the goal here is to tie the ferry landing to the rest of Algiers. So here's the route of the, of the original Algiers streetcar line uh, as of 1884. So we started Boney and Villery streets. Now I'm not going to go, let me go. I'll go back this one time because you can see. So Boney and Villery, you see the, where it says canal street uh, in the water. And then that little yellow box, that's the dock. That's Villery street. And Boney is the street that intersects it. So that's where the street, that's where the streetcar begins by 1884. Uh, basically uh, after this map was drawn. So it starts at Boney and Villery at the ferry landing. Villery, of course, is now modern day Mone, uh, Morgan street. It goes Villery to, to Peter street. Peter is now Pelican street. I'm going to have the maps for this stuff up on the page on NOLA History Guy for on the show page here for this podcast, this presentation, uh, because uh, you, I'm doing it on Zoom, but that's also going to give me audio and we're going to release it in uh, both formats. So anyway, so I'm not going to keep bouncing with the maps, but you get the idea. So we're on we're at the ferry landing. We go down Boney to Peter Street. Peter Street then turn and we go up to Powder and then down Powder all the way to Market Street, which is now Opelousas Street. We go over Market Street to Madison. Madison is changes names now. It's uh Madison is 
in Orleans Parish, now Brooklyn Avenue. But then when you cross into Jefferson, it goes back to being Madison. So now we're continuing on Madison Street to Virgil Street. And as we do that, we cross over from Orleans to Jefferson. So at the time, it's all Madison Street. But of course, later it changes and it, it uh, the, the Algiers side of that is Brooklyn Street. So we get to Virgil Street in Gretna. We've crossed over now into Jefferson Parish in Gretna. And we get to First Avenue. And I got to tell you, some of this, these people, the, 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 in particular, the, uh, the folks that documented a lot of the street rail and railroad stuff uh, get into a great deal of confusion between First Street or Street and Avenue in Gretna. So I'm going with what the maps and the diagrams, in particular, what uh, Lewis Hennick and Harper Charlton and the work they did on this stuff. They say it's First Avenue in 1884. We're going to go with that. So anyway, so basically, we go down first to Copernicus Avenue. Copernicus is now Huey P. Long Avenue in Gretna. Now, remember, this is 1884 to 1890. Huey P. Long isn't a thing at this point right so yeah you know the area around the courthouse and the big jefferson arch and everything else well that's the idea was that the uh the the ferry would uh, uh rather the uh the streetcar went to copernicus and then terminated at the gretna jackson ferry and that's that original saint mary Co uh, ferry company or saint mary transportation company uh, had uh, were the original builders of the Gretna uh, to Jackson or Jackson Gretna, depending on your your priority and perspective here. Here's a sketch from a an illustrator and artist named William Wode W A U D, and Wode was Wode was one of these guys. He spent a lot of time in particular during the war, following around different units and then doing illustrations that would then become woodcut engravings to go into like Frank Leslie's uh, Ill Illustrated Newspaper or Harper's Weekly and publications that did uh, illustrations of the news of the day. So he's in Gretna. Now he most likely came over from New Orleans took the Jackson Avenue ferry and comes over into Gretna. And then he pulls out his sketchbook and draws a quick illustration of the West Bank side, the Gretna ferry landing. So the, the boat has left, it's going back into the river and you can see just looking through the ferry landing uh, out over to the East Bank. Here's now a, uh, this is a Hennick and Charlton map. This is uh, the uh, the next iteration of the first Algiers streetcar line. So from 1884 to 1890, it followed the route that we just talked about. And now here's a map of the 18, well, this is 1895. So this is the route that the streetcar takes uh, from 1890 until electrification in 1907. 
So uh, basically, it's it's more or less the same idea, but we've dropped using Madison and Virgil streets. We're now coming in and using. We're starting. Uh, we're yeah. We're starting at the ferry landing at Boney. So we go Boney to Pelican to Powder, but now we go down Market Street to Monroe. And in Algiers, Monroe is now called Tash Street. And we keep going down Monroe Street into McDonoughville, into Jefferson Parish. And we turn on to Periander Street. And from Periander, we go, we, uh, the streetcar then turned to Washington, then to First. And then on first, it goes from first to Copernicus to the uh, Gretna Jackson Ferry Landing. Now, you'll notice the name of the company has changed a little bit because of various financial reorganizations with the business. By 1895, it's the Algiers Goldsboro and Gretna Railway Company. So it's Still the same basic idea, though. We're connecting the two ferries so that you could start on uh, at the canal at the Algiers side of the Canal Street Ferry and make your way to the Gretna side of the Jackson Ferry. This becomes important in the long run because the uh, basically when Gretna becomes the parish seat of Jefferson Parish. Now, remember, Jefferson Parish originally extended out on the east bank. It extended out, extended out as far east as the city of Carrollton. And the city of Carrollton, yeah, that's the current Carrollton Riverbend neighborhood. And the Carrollton Courthouse there, which became Benjamin Franklin School and now is a residential uh, mixed-use, you know, condo commercial development that they've tried to keep the building together a little bit. Uh, eventually, the parish seat of Jefferson moves to Gretna on the West Bank, and that's where the streetcar becomes even more important. Now, it was important already because the folks that worked the railroad in Goldsboro needed to get back to Gretna or back to Algiers because that's where they lived. So they're coming from there and that, you know, it's providing that connection. But then also it it ties the parish seat of Jefferson, the Gretna Courthouse on Copernicus, now Huey Long, with the courthouse in Algiers. Here's the uh, and uh, an architectural diagram, architectural drawing of the Algiers Courthouse in 1896. Now, of course, that is the uh, that's after the big fire of 1895. And then it's like, well, yeah, let's let's build. We need to have a courthouse. We need to have Orleans Parish government on the West Bank. So the courthouse was built and uh, the, the finished product doesn't look all that much different from this. Electrification of the streetcars. 
Electrification of streetcars happens across the country in the 1890s. You start seeing uh, commercial electrification in the 1880s. And so by the late 1880s, you have the Twilight Towers on Canal Street. And you start seeing commercial electrification. Everybody, Holmes and Maison Blanche and Krauss are all hanging uh, a lot of Edison bulbs all over everything and lighting up as much as possible. And of course, that uh, gas uh, gas lamps on the streets evolve into electric lamps, etc. In 1893, the uh, the uh, New Orleans and Carrollton Railroad Company that runs the Carrollton Line, which later becomes named uh, gets renamed the St. Charles Avenue line the 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 green street cars we we know and love on the east bank uh, uh electrification begins of the line in 1883 uh, uh excuse me 1893 and then uh the other lines in the in the city particularly the ones that are owned by uh the New Orleans City Railway Company begin electrification in late 1894 and 1895. Uh, Canal Street electrifies in late 1894. And there's some great postcards because there was a big snowstorm on uh, uh, at around New Year's in 1894. And they had to go pull the old mule cars out because they didn't know if the, the, the damp and the wet and the, the snow would short out everything. So they pulled the mules back to work. But anyway, so... Naturally, it follows that the West Bank Company, the Algiers, Goldsboro, and Gretna Railway, makes plans for electrification. They go to Orleans Parish government, city government, to get the ordinance. They obtain the ordinances and the approval, but the plans don't materialize. Why? Eh, money again. This stuff isn't cheap. You know, it's like the story of electrification is another one that's fascinating because basically they all try to do it and they all end up going bankrupt. Uh, by 1905, the Algiers Railway and Lighting Company is formed as a you know, combination electrical company and street railway company. It still takes two more years to establish electric service on the Gretna line, the original line, and, the, and then what it developed into the Pacific Avenue line as well. This is a letterhead for the company that, uh, that start, it starts out as the Algiers Waterworks and Electric Company. That was the initial name of the company. They acquired the, uh, the, they acquired the water system and the water plant and everything. The uh, that gets turned over to the New Orleans Surgeon Water Board, and then that's when they become the Algiers Electric and Railway Company. So this is 1896. The plans are starting to develop. You kind of get the idea here that it's forming out, but the money's not quite there, and the actual electrification doesn't take place until 1907. So in 1907 we see now a much more evolved street railway system. We've got three routes established by 1907. The, the Gretna to Immigration Station route that 
also connects to what became a Beltline uh, on Pacific Avenue or involving Pacific Avenue, and a second street railway company opens up to connect Copernicus Street in Gretna out to Marrero, crossing the Harvey Canal, and that's the Marrero line. And so basically what we see is this map. Now, again, I'm not going to bounce back and forth here, but um, I'm not going to bounce back and forth with the map, but it's going to be on the show page. So while you're watching this, you'll be able to scroll down or pause and go check the map. So the canal ferry line. Now, remember, this is the original Algiers line that starts out as mule-drawn streetcars connecting the ferry landing, the Canal Street ferry landing to the Gretna ferry landing. So that's the idea. But now we're, you know, we're running the wire and we're 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 uh replacing the mule cars. The the route is is quite similar to the mule car line and the terminus is now extended not just to the ferry landing in Gretna but all the way down Copernicus, well, all the way, what is that, like two blocks? But basically the, the, the terminus of the line is extended to the original, the old Jefferson Parish Courthouse. Now, remember, the current Jefferson Parish Courthouse is a little off to the, uh, to the side of that, but you get the idea. It's that same area. Okay, so we start running basically the, the, uh, the, Algiers-Gretna line, now called the Canal Ferry Line. Basically, again, what we're doing is we're starting there at, uh, if you see the zoom in of the previous map, that's that point number four, which is the uh, the ferry landing. And we start on Boney Street and we go down and we follow the old mule car route at this point. Eventually, there's another line that's run out a little further down river you see where it's uh you've got boney street and then morgan and patterson and then there's a loop around but there's uh, a piece there's a line there that you can see there's a, uh, a passing siding uh where it says number seven on the map and it uh, basically the line moves out further uh moves out over newton street uh, further out, further down river from there. And that uh, that goes out to the immigration station. Originally, the immigration station line was a separate line and it gets combined together with the uh, canal ferry line in 1912. There's stuff developing here, you know, Pacific, uh, rather, um, Tesh Street, which is now the main connection, the main street where the streetcars run, uh, is the that's uh, that's the the electric route between the Algiers Courthouse and the Gretna Courthouse, and this is a, a infragmation photo. Uh, uh, Froggy Froggy May took this uh, took this photo uh, of All Saints Catholic which was around in 1920 and was one of the things that you took the streetcar to get to. Okay, so the canal ferry line 
become is the canal ferry line still the canal ferry line still rolling exactly like we, we were talking about and that's that's pretty much running as is the by electrification it's easier now to expand the system because we're not dealing with the mules and the dirt and everything else we're, we're able to you know uh, it's more appealing and attractive and people want to use the streetcars more so when electrification happens in 1907, the Pacific Avenue line opens as well. It's an expansion of the process. So it opens in 1907. It switches to belt service in 1912, but we'll talk about that. It uses the same route as the Canal Ferry Gretna line does in Algiers, but basically it goes from Tesh to Newton and then doubles returns back up to Pacific and the streetcar barn on Pelican. It kind of spins off there. You see that uh, on the map, you see where the word Pacific is. And so basically what happens is it, you know, we go, we start at the ferry landing. It goes down Boney to Tesh, Tesh to Newton. It then turns on Elmira, makes that little that little S curve uh, on Opelousas to Pacific, which is why it gets the name Pacific, and then uh, basically terminates at the streetcar barn. Here's the market theater. And why is it the market? It's the public market was right there. And the market theater, uh, on uh, this is on Tesh Street in the 1920s. One of the neat things about photography in in at uh in the days of streetcars you get some really wonderful photos of the neighborhood the problem is the photographer is usually standing on the neutral ground or the streetcar tracks to get the photo that they're looking for so this is a case of let's take a picture of the market theater on Tesh Street. So what does the photographer do? They back up to the streetcar. I wish we could see the streetcar line, but you see what was uh, what was going past. This is that between that and like the picture of All Saints Church. You get the idea that you know going down Tesh Street, going down the main the main drag here was what the streetcar did, or you know connecting these places is what the streetcar did. Okay, so initially in 1907, we get the um, we 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 get electrification of the ferry line, and uh, we go basically uh, you know it it starts doing that, and then the kind of loop around uh, for the Pacific line connects at the same time. There's a need to get over to the immigration customs station that's a little further out got a picture of it coming don't worry but basically it's out of frame on the map here to the right and so there were basically the the idea behind the immigration station it's kind of like new orleans's version of ellis island it was essentially a quarantine station so passenger ships would come in from europe they would dock, they would disembark their immigrant passengers, 
at the immigration station where they were processed, quarantined for a, uh, you know for a period of time to make sure they weren't bringing any kind of illness or disease into the U.S. And then they begin their life and their journey in the United States from there. Well, of course, a lot of these folks, uh, well, people worked at the immigration station naturally. And a lot of the folks that were coming in had family already here in New Orleans that wanted to see them and make sure everything was going smoothly with getting them processed. So that's when the Algiers Railway Company decides to open up another line and that was known as the Immigration Station Line. So this opens up in 1912. It's immediately combined with the Canal Ferry Gratna Line. So basically what happens is the line that starts on Boney Street now curves, or actually it goes down Boney, and then you see streetcars that are on the Gretna Canal line curving off at Newton Street. So now here's that that number four, there's the ferry landing. And you can see there on Boney Street, and it goes and curves over to Tesh Street. And so it starts there. Actually, it's actually, it's uh, it's not Tesh yet. It's connecting Morgan to Tesh. Sorry about that. But uh, no, I'm sorry. No, that is Tesh going down. And then in the other direction, it's going away from the ferry landing on Morgan to Patterson to Pacific to Elmira, and then it gets to Newton. And then when the immigration cars get to Elmira and Newton, they curve off and go to the right and go off the map. And that's where basically Newton becomes General Meyer, and that two sets of what look like brackets or parallel lines, if you will, that are over the, the that are over uh, a set of uh, a line that's got those little dots in it. That line is the railroad. So the railroad is there going under a viaduct on Newton Street. And that's the Southern Pacific. And of course, that's the feed from the uh from the railroad ferry over to the southern pacific yard which extends down where the word algiers is on that section of the map well now the immigration station is further down the river on the other side of the southern pacific railroad tracks so the street railway company in the city uh well actually well that well yeah the city of new orleans algiers builds a viaduct to get Newton Street over the railroad tracks and connect it with General Meyer. So basically, again, we're going to, we get Elmira to Newton, over Newton, then over the viaduct. Here's a shot from 1895 of McDonough number five, just again, to give you a little bit of feel of what Algiers is like at this time. The street is, the street is still dirt road which means they were putting down those tracks in the dirt that made, you know, this is the mule drawn days too. So this, that made, that made those mule drawn streetcars a bit unpleasant is the way to say it. Okay. So I'm going to back up one. Cause I just want to uh, come in. You'll see what happens is, is that the streetcars hit Newton street and they're going to continue further down river over the viaduct. 
So they continue over the viaduct, and now you can see the zoom out a little bit better here. Newton was one side of the Southern Pacific tracks. General Myers was the other side of the Southern Pacific tracks. So the viaduct connects the two. The streetcars are now able to come over. Now, remember, this is the combined canal ferry immigration station line. So the streetcars are heading a little further downriver. You can see now this is, uh, you know, this this is uh, this is uh, looking at uh, the the 1920s. So you can see there's the the industrial canal. So you East Bankers out there like me can get a, a geographic fix on where we're going because there's the there's the industrial canal. So basically, the streetcar goes goes Newton over the viaduct. The street becomes General Myers. It goes to Flanders and turns towards the river. When it gets to the river, it turns to Patterson and terminates at Immigration Station. By the way, if you have any any of this that isn't making sense and everything, you we're gonna. I got all my contact information here. I'll I'll be glad to explain any of this. It, maybe we'll even do it live at some point. We'll, we'll do it live, as they say. So here we go. So immigration station over. That's that number 10 in the bottom right corner of the map. So the canal ferry, it's going from Boney to Morgan to Patterson to Pacific. Opelousas for that little curve. Elmira to Newton. It turns on Newton, goes over the viaduct. General Myers Flanders ends at Patterson at the federal facility here's immigration station and you can see that's the that that uh that walkway on the left that's the landing so that there's a dock where the cruise ship not cruise ship but passenger ships could would uh would would dock on the river and then that landing that walkway would be where folks would disembark they would come into the station. They'd be processed, et cetera, et cetera, and that would uh, that would bring them to the United States. And then they'd uh, go through a quarantine period, and then they would, like I said, they would begin their lives in America. Some modifications also take place when immigration station uh, when the immigration station line opens in 1912. Now we had the Pacific line basically covering you know circling around into the neighborhood in Algiers to connect other other uh streets and other other uh areas of Al what is now Algiers Point so by 19 uh so in you know, the Pacific Avenue uh Pacific Avenue line opens with electrification in 1907 but by the time immigration station opens up and we need that connection in 1912. The Pacific Avenue line is converted to what's called belt service. Now, if you're familiar with streetcars in New Orleans, belt service uh, on the on the East Bank was uh, was a little bit different than this because we had belts that the Esplanade and the uh, the 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 um, the the Esplanade uh, line and the canal line 
ran in belt service where one they would run the same route but you know basically you know what happens now you know, say uh, the canal street line starts up at the river and goes down to the cemetery and then the cars just turn around and go back what this did was the streetcars would go down canal to the cemeteries they turn on city park and then go back into town on esplanade and that would be one direction of the belt and then the other line would go in the opposite direction where they would go up Esplanade to, to the Bayou, to City Park Avenue, and then down Canal Street. And they just ran in, you know, in, in opposition to each other. The uh, St. Charles and the two lane lines did the same thing where they just ran in big circles to cover that area. The, the West Bank line was a one direction belt because it was just a smaller area. So it combined the, uh, it basically ran over the tracks of the Pacific Line, the Canal Ferry, and Immigration Station Line. So it just ran a circle through Algiers Point. It operated, it start, the, the, the belt started in 1912, and it ran until 1931 when all of the streetcars were converted to buses. Okay, so we've got the canal ferry line tied to the Pacific, and then Pacific becomes a belt, and the canal ferry line now then ties to Immigration Station. So Algiers and Algiers Point is pretty well covered by street rail. The canal ferry line still running down to the Gretna Courthouse, so we've got the interurban, if you want to call it that, you know, the connection between Algiers and Gretna, and that was useful as well. Now things are growing a little further west, a little further upriver. The Harvey Navigation Canal has, uh, it, 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 it has been built. That's been constructed. So now there's the west side of another big canal. So there's a business need to connect Gretna with the other side of the Harvey Canal. And that becomes uh, a, uh, a, a new, uh, a, a new uh, corporate entity, a new uh, street rail company, which becomes, uh, which is the New Orleans and Western Railway Company. And they open what's originally called the Amesville Line. And the Amesville Line starts on Copernicus in Gretna, it starts at the uh, the the well. It says the the uh, terminus of the Gretna Canal ferry streetcar line, which is the landing. That's the Gretna side of the Jackson Gretna ferry. So now, instead of just the Gretna line coming down to the courthouse, we now have a line that picks up from there, goes on Copernicus goes over to 4th Street in Gretna, crosses the canal, and goes into Harvey. So it gets to Harvey and goes crosses, you know, continues through uh, and hits the Harvey Canal. And the descriptions here, I have not found a picture of this bridge, but the 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 descriptions that that have that I've read I don't know if I would want to cross this old, it says, crossed Harvey Canal via a wooden drawbridge. 
I'm not sure I'd want to cross that bridge on foot, much less on an electric, you know, streetcar with motors and everything else. I don't know, but it did. Okay, so there was this is before the, the the bascule bridge that's there now. So you've got this old wooden drawbridge that went over the canal. It spent most of its time up so that traffic could go through the canal. Then the streetcar would come, they'd lower it and cross over. The line crossed over into Amesville, which later becomes Marrero, and that Marrero as we know it. All of this then operates. So we've got ver a very solid, well, we, we have the connection between Algiers and Gretna. Then we start seeing the link over to Immigration Station and then a very robust street rail operation in Algiers Point. All of this keeps moving along, but the corporate entities start changing again. In 1917, Algiers Railway and Light, which remember was the Waterworks and Electric Company originally, Algiers Railway and Light now gets reorganized and acquired by a company called the South New Orleans Light and Traction. The New Orleans Light and this company, the South New Orleans Light and Traction Company, gets acquired by the West New Orleans Light and Traction Company. So basically the company, the entity that starts the most recent line, the Amesville streetcar line, acquires the original company. So it all becomes one light and traction company on the West Bank. While that's happening, there's a ton of reorganization going on in general because of electrification of streetcars and money needs and everything else in on the on the East Bank. So eventually, uh, the the uh, basically what happens is the mule car companies on the East Bank get acquired and get renamed. They become the New Orleans Traction Company, which then gets reorganized as a second incarnation of the New Orleans City Railway Company, which then becomes uh, the New Orleans Railway and Light Company. New Orleans Railway and Light runs from uh, 1905 all the way up to 1922 when a large entity that's a subsidiary of General Electric called EBASCO, which is an abbreviation, EBASCO, acquires the New Orleans Railway and Light Company. And that becomes NOPSI on the East Bank. NOPSI is part of a larger General Electric-owned entity called Middle South Utilities. Middle South Utilities was the electric provider for Arkansas, uh, basically it was Arkansas Power and Light, Mississippi Power and Light, New Orleans Public Service Incorporated, and Louisiana Power and Light, which becomes the Middle South Utilities company or corporate entity that supports Algiers and Jefferson Parish, 
along with a good a big chunk of the rest of the state. So LPNL comes into the picture in 1927 as the traction company, the light and traction companies are acquired by LPNL. LPNL isn't terribly interested in operating streetcars. They understand that to keep the electric franchise, they have to keep, they have to maintain, they continue to own the transit system, just like New Orleans Public Service had to keep running the streetcars, even though they would have been more than happy to make that go away. That doesn't, of course, as you know, that doesn't happen on the East Bank until 1984 uh, when uh, Entergy gives up the transit system to the New Orleans Regional Transit Authority. Here's a transit token from the 1930s after the uh, after the system was converted to buses and it's it's a bus token just like the streetcar tokens so if you if you ever you're in a uh, you're on eBay you see them all the time uh, or you can um or you'll see them uh like in pawn shops and stuff you'll see transit tokens if it's got a punched out n that's new orleans railway and light which was from 1905 to 1922 then you'll see the tokens that have a punched out ps for public service that was from 1922 until bus tokens were dropped sometime in the 80s. Maybe, no, it was more like the 90s, I think, uh, when bus tokens were actually dropped. And then on the West Bank, the bus system had its own bus tokens, and they were the LPNL tokens, as you can see, with the punched out L. So that's how things, that's, that's the story of Street Railway on the West Bank. We start the story in 1881 with an idea. We start seeing streetcars in, or, you know, in uh, mule-drawn streetcars in 1883 and 1884 as service grows and expands. Electrification is much later than what we see in other cities and on the East Bank of Orleans Parish, uh, and basically, we don't see electrification on the West Bank until 1907, which is a good 12 years behind Canal Street. The whole thing comes to an end in 1931 when LPNL converts everything, it discontinues streetcar operations, and everything becomes buses. But what about the streetcars that were used? So during that 50 years, basically from, say, 1881, when they were planning this, until 1931, we see mule-drawn streetcars on the Gretna line. Now, these streetcars were not the same streetcars that you see in just about every photo and illustration from the 1840s into electrification in the 1890s. Most of the street of the mule-drawn streetcars used on the on the East Bank were what were uh, were what were called bobtail cars, where the 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 front of the streetcar had a very distinct round front that allowed the streetcar the, the operator the to uh, a little more flexibility and maneuverability with the reins 
for the mule. By the way, remember, these are all mule-drawn streetcars. Horses did not have the stamina to pull anything for long periods of time in the heat. Mules, totally different story. So here is one of the original mule-drawn streetcars running on the Gretna line. This is going through Goldsboro. So it's kind of that in-between uh, McDonoughville area as it's moving from Algiers to Gretna. You can see it's a good bit different. These guys, they weren't on the same scale as the East Bank operators. So they were trying to do things on the cheap and pick up used cars from other cities, put it on a train, bring it over, get some mules. And then that was the, you know, basically that was the operation until electrification. Electrification starts with the, what's called single truck streetcars. They're the same streetcars that were used in the uh, in the city. Uh, initially, these were uh, streetcars from a couple of companies. There was Brill, Southern, and the in this case the American Car Company. And so you'll see this is the Algiers Railway and Lighting Company car number six which is an American car company, single truck streetcar. These are these streetcars, they, like I say, they were similar uh, to, the, to the cars that started electrification on the East Bank. The difference is that the East Bank kind of migrated or, or expanded to what were called double truck streetcars. You'll notice there's one set of wheels on this streetcar where our classic green streetcars have two sets of wheels. Why? Because they're bigger. They have more seats. They could accommodate more passengers. So you're running streetcars on St. Charles and Napoleon and Canal Street and St. Claude. You, you wanted to be able to move more people. And that was the idea there. On the, in, in, on the Algiers-Gretna connection and the stuff in Gretna, you, you weren't moving the same numbers of people, so the lines never expanded to double trucks. This is this te technology wise, this is kind of where the Algiers uh, system peaks out. Here's September 1st, 1907. So, this is that American or one of the American car company single truck streetcars is down at the ferry landing. So this is at Boney Street. You can see this, you can see the courthouse in the back, the little tower there. That is the Algiers courthouse. The ferry landing would be more or less off out of frame off to the left here. And this was a photo that was published uh, along with a neat news article that I'll put up uh, that it, uh, was the, uh, the the first day of operation for electric streetcars in Algiers, September 1st, 1907. The Algiers streetcar, the Algiers Railway Company operated or uh, maintained and kept their streetcars at a streetcar barn on Elmira Street at this time. Unfortunately, that facility burned down in 1924. 
So this is a photo of, I don't know if this was a banquet or a recognition ceremony. There's no context whatsoever to this picture, but it appears to be staff and management of the streetcar company gathering for a function in the Elmira Street barn. And again, unfortunately, it burned down. And so we lost a lot of good documents and that kind of thing uh, as a result. We also, the, the Alger Street, uh, the, the Alger Streetcar system also lost several of their American car company single truck streetcars. They had to get service back going, so they turned to Nopsy. Now, fortunately for Algiers, Nopsy had been upgrading the streetcars from single truck to double truck. And by nineteen by the 1920s, 19, 1924, you can see that single truck there in the background. So by the 1920s, a lot of the Nopsy system on the East Bank was running double truck streetcars, which means that Nopsy had a surplus of single truck cars. The manufacturer, the, the design of the single truck cars was uh, from an engineering firm called Ford, named Ford Bacon and Davis. They were a New York City engineering firm that back in the mid-1890s got contract. Well, they got a contract from City New Orleans. You know, it was looking like a lot of this stuff, you know, the different uh, mule-drawn companies were going to end up being merged together because of financial difficulties, et cetera. So the, uh, the, the city commissions an engineering study. They hire Ford Bacon and Davis to make recommendations for how routes should be changed for electric streetcars, uh, do some design work on this, uh, give some recommendations of where to start building streetcar barns for the electric system. In the process of doing all of this, the Ford Bacon and Davis engineers designed a streetcar that they thought would be excellent, you know, purpose-built basically for New Orleans. And that's the Ford Bacon and Davis streetcar. We'll talk about that's the that's the sand car number 29. If you ever see that little streetcar running on St. Charles Avenue. So here is one of those streetcars. Uh Nazi number 76 was already surplus at this time because the double truck cars had begun operation. The double truck cars go all the way back to 1915. Uh, what looked like the green, the, the R-Troop Pearly Thomas cars, the first, uh, the first run of those goes back to 1915. So you start seeing a lot of these single truck cars sitting in the barn. So what does Nopsy do? They sell some of them to Algiers. And you can see, so that's a Ford Bacon Davis that was originally a Nopsy car. And it's the roll board now says, or at that time says Canal Ferry. To give you some context on this, that is the, the three streetcars in this picture, the left-hand side, which is a little bit kind of, you know, set back there a bit. This is uh, Canal, Canal and North Rampart Streets. Well, actually, that's North Rampart off to the side. That's the building that becomes Woolworths there in the background. That's now an empty lot, uh, which is all another story as well. Okay, so that first streetcar 
is a Palace Street car from the uh, American Car Company in St. Louis. The middle car is a Ford Bacon Davis single truck street car. And the car on the right-hand side is a is an arched roof double truck car from that was built by the Southern Car Company. The original design there was made the you know the 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 the, the drawings the, the plans for those uh, those arch roof cars were created by a gentleman named Pearly A Thomas. That's his first name was Pearly. So when you hear Pearly Thomas, that's the gentleman's name. So the 400 series were built were designed by Pearly Thomas and built by Southern. The city fell in love with them. Pearly Thomas saw he had a good thing going. He moves his operation to High Point, North Carolina, and he starts building what become the 800 and 900 Archer series. He ends up having to farm some of those back to Southern and to Brill to meet the orders that Nopsy was sending his way. Uh, if you ever see a, a school bus on the road, it's got a you know manufacturer's plaque on the back that says Thomas built buses. That was the original Pearly Thomas company. And then they became a bus company. Then they were acquired by Chrysler and Chrysler still uses the Thomas built bus brand. So anyway, the point to all of this is even though this is an East Bank picture, it's a good shot of those streetcars that ran from the fire <clears throat> uh, in the, uh, the barn on the West Bank in 1924 until the uh, until streetcars were converted to buses in Algiers by LPNL in 1931. Electricity. The Algiers Electric and Railway Company, or Algiers Railway and Electric Company, sorry, I had to get that right. Algiers Railway and Electric Company began and operated the commercial electrification system on the West Bank. There was a problem, though, is that when they wanted to start running electric streetcars, streetcars use a totally different electrical configuration. They don't run on AC power like we see operating for our home use. They run on 600 volts direct current, 600 volts DC. That meant that the Algiers company would have to build another power plant and set up a whole nother infrastructure for delivery. It made more sense to buy power from New Orleans. So what they did was set up an arrangement with what was then New Orleans Railway and Light Company, who had re just built a big power plant at Market Street in the river on the East Bank. They ran three submerged cables from this plant on the East Bank to a power reception plant, a power, pro, uh, power plant right on the other side of the river from here. So basically they ran three big underwater cables and those cables were then distributed to the electrified system. That's streetcars in Algiers. There's more stuff that we'll probably be able to talk about. And I'm going to try to explore some of this area a little more and find some of, you know, the there's still like track remnants and everything else. So we'll definitely have more to say about Algiers in the future.
Usually if we were doing this live, we'd say, oh, does anybody have any questions? So if you have any, just feel free to email me or go on Twitter or go on the um, on the NOLA History Guy Facebook page. Uh, be more than happy to answer your questions. A word from your sponsor. Buy my books, please. Uh, these are the, the, the first five. The first one was the one in the middle, the Canal Streetcar book. Then uh, the Brothers of Sacred Heart was a way that uh, I could write about my uh, my high school, which was Brother Martin High School, which is Brother Martin High School, and its predecessors, St. Aloysius and Coriezu High Schools. Throw it all together under the uh, under the umbrella of the brothers, and we get uh, get it came out to be a real fun project. Maison Blanche Department Stores because I had written a, an article about Mister Bingle, and the publishers like, hey, this is good. Let's do a whole book on the chain. That was great. When the you remember the HBO series Treme, I wanted I pitched a uh, a book to Arcadia as Treme was going, you know, was was fading out. You know, the uh, Simon had said that the fourth season would be the last, and so I pitched a book to Arcadia on Faubourg Treme. They came back and said, "How about we expand the scope a little bit? A little bit? How about jazz?" And so I wrote a history of jazz that's uh. No, no sound, but lots of really nice, neat pictures of musicians. So it's a, I, it was a, that was another fun one. And then while not an Images of America book, which is why you see the different cover, uh, Ar uh, Arcadia also started a, a different uh, line of books called Legendary Locals, Legendary Locals of this town, that town. They came to me and asked if I would be interested in doing the book for New Orleans. I said, oh, heck yes. And you can see some of the legendary locals there starting at, you got Dutch in one corner, Austin Leslie on the other side, Mahalia Jackson, and a little Wendell there next to Mahalia, and then Dr. Norman Francis in the other side, plus a whole bunch of people and pops in the middle. The most recent book I've done, which is getting a little long in the tooth now because it was uh, in uh, 2017, uh, it was a history of the Krauss department store. This one was for the history press. So it's a little different from the MB book. Uh, the MB book was followed the images of America format. This one's got 30,000 words of text and commentary and description in it. It was, again, another very fun project. Again, I am NOLA history guy on all social media. And the website, of course, is nolahistoryguy.com. That's where you're looking at this, or uh, hopefully you're looking at this. So, uh, you know, please, by all means, if you've got questions, thoughts, uh, stuff you want to add to this, please, uh, you know, feel free to to drop a note at any time. And then, of course, uh, the uh, this template that I use to I, I love this template. And it's these are the uh, the folks that made it. It they uh, the. Uh, uh, Folks that, that designed it, license it under Creative Commons so I can share it. Of course, I make sure I give them credit. Thank you very much for that. Folks, thank you very much for uh, your time and coming, you know, to the, you know, uh, for uh, joining me for the presentation. So, uh, I'm, you know, gonna we're going to shut this down now since obviously this isn't live. Uh, if this is popular and you guys like this, I'll do it again. We'll schedule the Zoom again and I'll talk. It'll be a little bit different, but hey, what the heck, right? So thank you very much for your, your time, attention, 
And uh, I will talk to you soon, either online or at a live talk someplace along the way. Thanks again and have a good one.